Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast. Bocafire.com. Bocafire is a better way to rent professional DSLR lenses. With 30-day rentals, unlimited swapping, free shipping, and free insurance coverage, Bocafire is the best deal around. Use any pro, Canon, or Nikon lens for your DSLR camera with no return dates and no stress. Keep it as long as you want. When you're done, send the lens back using the prepaid shipping label and swap it for your next one. Offering all the most popular Canon and Nikon lenses, including primes, zooms, telephotos, and a lot more. Use the coupon code ANGER15 to get 15% off any Bocafire membership. Valid now through July 2016, only at bocafire.com. All right, so today we're speaking to Corin Prescott, photographer friend of mine, good all-around guy. Uh, Call you a fine art landscape photographer? Yeah, yeah. Fine art. And fine art. Yeah. I think that landscape can be art. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. You're Maybe absolutely right. unrefined art. Right. So, um, you know, I was I was kind of starting off by stating we've known each other for a long time. And Steve, Stevie here had not really ever known the how it started. I did not. And it started that <laughs> mostly, uh, mostly cuddling. <laughs> yeah. So we we uh, we had met at the I a bunch of that. random events, like friends gallery exhibitions or parties, whatever. It sounds and so we've bougie. Met, like, fought, it's, and it's not at all. We didn't. You know, we no. didn't go to gallery parties. <laughs> no, we met like, at like catwalk tragedy, <laughs> and um, our glances uh, matched when we Johnny Sorber's <laughs> open studio events mm-hmm. through my ex girlfriend. Yeah, so we probably <laughs> met about five times, and every single time, I'm like, hey, Corn, he's like, hi, my name's Corn. I'm like, yeah, I met you like a bunch of times, you know, and he just was like, oh, okay, so that's oh, cool, yeah, and uh, and then it, it wasn't oh, maybe like what a year later or something, you actually ended up telling me the story. He goes, oh, so I figured out what it was. Um, Victor Rodriguez, uh, who's another Philly photographer. Yeah, he ha- he went big, by otherwise the- known as the Predator. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's his big dreads. I know he has oh, dreads. Don't I- look on your face. <laughs> oh, I was just like the Predator. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like like a Catholic priest nickname. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so he, I don't yeah. immediately associate that with aliens. <laughs> you know what? It's a good point. It's a good point. Child Predator. Yeah. Okay. No, he's not that. He's not that. Yeah. But um, like to catch a yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> have, have a seat over there. Um, no, but he uh, he had a, his studio name is was um, Studio Two Hundred Six. Studio Two Hundred Six, right? And at the time, I had or I was putting on my photos a lot the uh, the Forty Sixty uh, Collective Forty Sixty photo. So Corbin just said, "Oh, you both have numbers in your studio name. It's not your name. I'm bad with names." He just so he thought Victor was me, and he kept calling Victor like Jose for six months. Victor's an overall nice guy, kind of not awkward, but oh yeah, he never corrected. He never corrected. (laughs) You guys were definitely either the same person or different people in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm sitting there going, 
have you ever seen Victor? You know, like he's at the time. He well, had he like stands huge, out a little bit more than you. Right. He had like a huge long goatee, his lip pierced, you know, huge dreads. And I'm like, <clears throat> I don't, I don't, can't seem to say we And you were just wearing button up polos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and, you know, sweater around my neck, you know? Yeah. Uh, ascots. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting way of getting to know him, you know? And, uh, and it was, it was great. It was great. So, yeah. I mean, now years later, you know, we're good friends. And so your, your relationship's kind of like that movie Looper. Yeah. Where for three <laughs> years I didn't know his name and every time was a new experience. <laughs> I'm guessing that that's what Looper was like. Cause I haven't seen it. Yeah. Like Groundhog's yeah. Day <laughs> or, that's really, uh, that's fairly accurate. that new Tom Cruise movie, the edge of tomorrow. That's a really yeah. That's, that's a good one. The reference that was a great movie that was like someone thought we could make the futility of halo into a film <laughs> yes pretty much exactly exactly what it was so i kept falling asleep while trying to watch that so i was really confused because i kept watching it over but it kept seeming like it was just playing over <laughs> no but, it was, but i finally finished yeah. it and i was like okay I and get then it. you understood it <laughs> oh yeah 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 i tell anyone if you like video games you're gonna love. You're gonna love that tomorrow. movie. It's, it's it's exactly like playing a video game, getting pissed off, dying, it is. starting over again, going to that same exact spot that you found out worked. Yeah, you know, especially like uh, Ghost Recon or something like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. way behind. I haven't owned a video game system for like since a Ghost Recon. I didn't even own one that did Ghost Recon. I played that on someone else's. <laughs> So, so that, that so uh, he never knew what blowing in the cartridge was like, or making sure. Oh you no! Saved I, it I, and reset it. Yeah, I knew, knew that. Oh. that. <laughs> I that's, that's his last experience. Yeah, I don't know what it's like to like have CDs. A, a CD stop working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Frogger. <laughs> you know, funny thing, they came out with a game called uh, Crossy, Crossy Road. Yeah, Crossy Road, dude. Yeah, it's if you like if you're it's Frogger. Frogger. It's like that. It was, wasn't chickens. he on the Apple keynote not too long yeah. ago? Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. yeah. And you can now start, uh, I think, uh, playing multiplayer because on it, you just like oh, you yeah. swipe and you go around and you hop between highways. And It's yeah. funny how innovative My, and refreshing recycled ideas are. Oh, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. like that Neopets was like the second most visited website for seven years. And it was all just Atari <laughs> games with weird British humor involving fruit and cheese. So. Kind of like how you guys met. Fruit and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Free food. Yeah. And somewhere to see other people. Who I'm very just... interested in what gallery openings that we, no, it was, we it saw was, each other no, at. Okay. Because... It wasn't a gallery openings guy. I was saying that it was someone having an exhibition. <laughs> it was, it was uh, the premiere of the... It was the... Um, Jay Isabel from Jersey had something Oh, at Passionelle South- at yeah. the sex toy store. Yeah, upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> there was a whole part of stairs. So we put a really more bougie spin on it but then it also took like wow. an eyes wide shut it did turn it did there were just sets sex swings and art yeah <laughs> you yeah. you really painted a picture there i did yeah. and no, that's that's we what were you... drinking wine hey, in the and, upstairs and of the this box one the too, dildo wasn't it? store <laughs> art is subjective to the viewer yeah. so yeah maybe jose thought that was you know i tried to have a show there it didn't art. pan out no it never happened probably of my own yeah. <laughs> Not because I didn't want to, but because I'm, you know, yeah, lazy. Are you? Yeah, no, totally, <laughs> totally. 
Um, all right, so let's start off by stating, you know, you've been a, a big proponent of of the show, and you know, you were someone who actually pushed me to you know to do this podcast, and uh, you know, we've had had you know lots of talks about it, and finally actually starting to do it and that kind of thing. Um, so, kind of, how's it how's it feel to be one of the first guests on the show? Intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys are just yeah. meeting for the first time again, right? <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really do much in the way of talking mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. allowing people into my life. Yes, so, I think anyone who knows you will, will think that this is a huge step. Yeah, I did. I've done like two interviews. Most of them, I say no to, mm-hmm. but. A lot of people ask stupid questions, so <laughs> I have faith that you will not be like, so, uh, how do you photograph models? <laughs> <laughs> what interviews did you do? Oh, I did one for like a kid in Texas, but mostly I've done like, <laughs> you know. Was his name Victor or Jose, possibly? <laughs> Well, I don't remember his name. <laughs> Jose Carlos part is pretty. Accurate. He actually did a good job, but like it, uh, most people don't do their due diligence, and I think that that is uh, an example like, of that. Well, they just sort of like, oh, what, what motivated this project? And it's like, well, I have seven hundred thousand blog posts about what I went through to do the project. So, like, if you can't read that and then <laughs> come back to me with like maybe a more insightful question, trying right. to get it, like. What made you decide to photograph nude models? I'm just like, well, I write about this all the time. So I don't really, I'm not, I just want to copy and paste blog posts to people's interviews. And uh, don't even do that. Just give them the link. Yeah. I just don't respond because I'm (laughs) not a dick to people that I'm not friends with. (laughs) It's just strictly silence. Yeah, I, I didn't say anything bad. I didn't, just didn't respond. You don't, you know, you, know, you don't want to show strangers you're weird. <laughs> if that makes <laughs> that's, sense, that's it. You're weird. You're weird. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, the weird me is reserved for people that can have been previously approved. Right. It's a very, uh, you know, very multi-level approval process. Yeah. Like an onion. Yeah, spanning five meetings. Yeah. (laughs) To then come to the point where, well, we're cool. I like you. Well, if I don't figure out your name for the first like three years, it wasn't three years. Oh, I mean, someone else. Oh, no. No, it was you that I didn't figure out the name for three years. (laughs) It was just me being bad with names. It wasn't your, it wasn't you as in personality. Right. It wasn't you. It was, it was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. totally. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So if you, you, maybe you don't know, I know, but um, if you you take a disposable camera and you hit it really hard on Mm -hmm. one of the corners, the flash goes off as long as it's charged. Mm -hmm. And that's mostly what I did with them. (laughs) Um, I would, we also, would you see, like blind kids? You would like run yeah, up and just- yeah. Well, we'd do it at church camp. And then once we started doing that, we were like, well, how indestructible is a disposable <laughs> camera? And so we'd start 
we'd start throwing them as high in the air as possible and then just seeing if the flash went off when it landed, then the camera was still good. And we would just do it over and over again. And that was sort of what we would do all week during church camp. I was going to say, did you actually do any actual things at church camp other than that? I think you're just really testing that whole disposable aspect of it, really. And, yeah, much more durable than you would expect a camera to be. And so... uh, and then the last day, we would take 24 photos. Of, no, because it would still of, work. Yeah. Right. Who, who knows what? Like, yeah. yeah. I, I have shoeboxes of like photos that maybe like three came out because the camera was just abused <laughs> so much. So they weren't as durable as you thought. I mean, the flash still went off. <laughs> to me, that meant that the camera was still yeah. working. Yeah. I, it was even better when you you wouldn't want to finish the roll of film because right. then the flash would stop charging. <laughs> so maybe then your toy would break. Yeah, once you got more into taking pictures and being like, "Oh, we'll go stand in front of these trees and look cool." Right. You'd still only do 23 and then you'd pop the flash <laughs> for the next 6 days. <laughs> and then you'd take your last photo and finally wind it. And then you would break it apart and steal a battery out of it mm. because you needed something for your Walkman. Right. <laughs> yes. So, nice. like, yeah, photos didn't really take a precedence in my house. Like, my dad always likes to say that when he had a camera as a kid, mm-hmm. he would give the camera to someone else and they would take a photo. And when they got the roll of film back, that would be the only one that came out. And he will, as soon as you mention anything about me doing photography, like that that's a, the story that he immediately goes to. Nice. So, yeah, um, not very important or valued when I was a kid. Uh, and then I took a photo class in high school because it was the only class I could take and take with my friends because mm-hmm. we were all sort of slack asses but <laughs> slack asses but i still was in like roles yeah, yeah. slack yeah. asses but yeah. yeah so i was still in like the higher english class and right. you know like where they would take level 2 i'd be in level 1 and so when i got the chance to take photo and we i knew we would all end up in the same class i was like that's the one for me <laughs> <laughs> and so i took that and i enjoyed it it wasn't like I was taking it seriously. Right. I was, I was taking it as seriously as you can take a high school photo class. <laughs> <clears throat> I never had one, so. Yeah. I Let's I went sneak to, off to I the dark to, room. Yeah, I went to Catholic yeah. high school. We'd go to, like, the you'd do the dark room and you'd yep. do the assignments. And, like, for me, I, I remember we had, like, one that was time of day. And I was like, oh, I'll just take the same photo and twist the subject. And that will convince the them that the time of day has changed <laughs> despite the fact that they were all shot at six o'clock <laughs> like I remember, oh yeah this was 12 hours change i hadn't really figured things out right i remember high school photography classes they were you took, it, it was, you, took you took some yeah oh, I never. oh yeah it was all all dark film black black and white film it was like if you were in during lunch you would take all your work and try to make like anything during your lunch period, try to look artsy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was also the only art class that I could take without taking art one, <laughs> which like I can't draw or anything. Never have been able to do like any of that. And so all the other art classes had a prerequisite of art one. Right. And I was like, I can do this one because it, I won't have to draw. Right. <clears throat> I feel like a high school photography class is one of the only classes 
where you get that liberty to just go wander around during like study halls oh, and you don't really get, get asked like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing work for my photography class and people well, in my school anyway, they're like, Oh, okay. They didn't question it yeah. that much. Yeah. So it was always a great excuse just to kind of dick around. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> was cigarettes outside. That was our school paper, which I <laughs> later did. Was like, oh, oh, you were in the school paper. Yeah. I took photos for the school paper. Um, <laughs> were they like, no. oh, oh I'm so sorry <laughs> no um so then i took photo two and in the intro to the class uh the teacher was like i know not all of you are planning on going into this in college like corwin and i was like what <laughs> i have no intention of right. doing this i have 24 english credits <laughs> i know what i'm doing um and then I went to school for photography. <laughs> so, so if you could, you know, I'm sure if you could, uh, shows you could what speak I know. to that. Yeah, if you could speak to that teacher in high school, say thank you, right? Yeah. So, yeah. what was it that she just saw a lot of promise in you? It was because I liked things like mm-hmm. uh, I would go on eBay and buy all the stupid filters for your camera, like mm-hmm. the fisheye <laughs> and the, you know, I don't know if. I'm sure they still exist for somebody, but they used to have these silhouette cutout things that you could screw onto like a filter and it would make it in the shape of a heart or a key mm-hmm. or no, a four leaf clover. Those are unfortunately still very much a thing. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. still around, oh, yeah. I bet. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I was really into that. And so that <laughs> is what let her know that this was a profession for me. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. And so I took photo two and then I did the school paper and I got to use a digital camera, which was, was it, did it like blow your mind? Mm, I thought it would. Um, I was using a Nikon D40 or something like Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, every picture is amazing. (laughs) Just because it was photographed with that, you know, like when you're, 16 you're like the advertisements are true (laughs) this will turn me into a genius i'll be taking pictures of jupiter tonight (laughs) um yeah and so i thought i was a god yes so 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 that's a good segue so moving on from your from your god period um you know you've always from you know when i've known you always been a very frugal guy you know live without well within your means um, but like I said, lately you've you know, kind of found, found your stride. Um, do you think it's an example of consistently putting out good work that eventually kind of builds a following, you know? Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I think it's really just constantly being dissatisfied with where you're at and hating your work. Right, that creative gap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, for me... Like you can, I'll be happy with a photo for a couple of days and then I'll be, I'll hate it. So not so, not as much anymore, but mm-hmm. for, you know, for, I feel like I finally, I feel like I finally hit my stride creatively where right. I'm actually putting out consistently right. good work that in a couple of years I'll look back on and be like, yeah, all right. Like, yeah. I think that that looks like my work. I want to continue to be getting better and I want to do that. But, um. Like, I, I still don't think, like, financially or career-wise I am where I want to be, and I don't know that you ever get there. 
Yeah. So I'm trying to um, resolve that dichotomy in yeah. my mind yeah. as I work. Um, <clears throat> but like, I think it's just consistently shooting and like right. uh, this industry is sort industry. Uh, no, that's a real word. I know you have to put it in, but it's, <laughs> is it like really in like what I'm doing isn't really an industry or well, photography you know, in general. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's, it's all, just what part of that industry yeah. are, you, are you trying to reach? Are you, are you in, you know? Yeah. I'm like a, a I exist mostly on social media and I don't really take paid work and I don't have clients. So, right. Uh, I exist I think on the charity of others. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> it sounds horrible. I'm going to probably get a lot of shit for this. But to me, like any fine art photographer, to me, is a person who values the process over getting paid. And maybe, you know, stay with me here, uh, eventually gets to a point where they can sell their work for a good rate. Yeah. But the, but it's like you sit there and say, okay, it's it's shooting what you want having total creative control, living on your own standards, and then eventually, hopefully, you get people who are interested in purchasing your work, and then you start making money that way. Yeah. Whereas every other kind of photography, it's like, all right, I need to get paid every single time I pick up my camera in order to justify you know, going out there and shooting and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, definitely. And I, like, I tried that mm-hmm. for a couple of years, and I was like, not for me. Right. It's not going to work. I don't have that sort of, uh, I don't know. I don't want it to sound native. I don't have that mercenary style <laughs> way of dealing with people. Right. Money makes me very nervous. It, do- it does. And so uh, I don't like talking about it. Yeah. And Just ask him about the change he had to get for yeah. his beard. It was probably a <laughs> and, horrifying uh, experience. I think that's every every photographer especially, no one likes dealing with the money yeah. part. Some people right. are really good at it though. Yeah. Or, or they pretend they're really good. Yeah, at it. I, think, I think that's the key thing. Pretending. Yeah. Well, there's like a time too. The whole fake it yeah. till you make it. And right. So many people are like, things are going great while they're like eating ramen. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. So what? That that's another thing that's hard is like when you like constantly judging yourself against other people, where you're like, yeah. man, they're getting thousand, four thousand dollar jobs, and it's just like, well, what what is on? Social media is not necessarily the reality. Like, right. Exactly. I, I remember when yeah. I was talking about that the past yeah. few days a lot. Yeah, we talked we talked about that with yeah. uh, Jaleel, Jaleel yeah. a lot. Where he he kind of had that same thing where he's he's speaking right. He's going to these places. He spoke in Australia. He you know he spoke in at Hallmark and all this stuff. And then he people think oh he's this great success story and he's inspiration. And he comes home to like his empty apartment. He's yeah. alone and he's like shit. You know like and it's. He he said he actually stopped posting. He hasn't posted a photo on Facebook in over a year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. You know, at first it kind of bugged me out, you know, to hear that. And then I started thinking about my own Facebook page. And I'm like, in the past year, I think it's been just stuff from Instagram, like of my kids that like gets put on there. And then I just, eh, I'll leave it up. Yeah. I, I can't say I ever post, you know, I posted a picture I've shot in the past year either, you know? And that's, I'm like, wow, okay, I can see that. And to me, it was kind of the same thing. It was this conscious way of of kind of not putting as much emphasis on it as before because it was the same thing. I started, you know, comparing myself to others and and getting in a weird place, and I didn't like it. And I just said, you know what, I'm just gonna not do it. Yeah, you know, well, not doing it is better than being like, hey, we want you to come and talk about this, and you being and then being like, how how have you been so successful? 
And you're like, I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> like, wow. No, that was, that was, that's seriously, as, as yeah. we laugh, but that's, that's uh, deep. Yeah. And, and like uh, being that honest and vulnerable. Yeah. Nobody you know, wants to it, hear that. Yeah. It makes people very uncomfortable. I'm like, how but did it's you human. Yeah. How did you get there? It's me. I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking terrified. Um, I don't sleep at night. That's yeah. how. Yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> and it's scary to think that people make, and you, you think of artists, right? People make a whole career of that feeling that never goes away. No matter when you get to a certain level, the first thought is well, either how can I repeat this success or how can I make it bigger? I think that's necessary, though. Yeah. If, if, you, feel, you, if you don't if, have that. You get stagnant. Yeah. If you're, right. if you're stagnant, you're like, all right, I'm there. No, you're not. Yeah. You're right. going you're gonna to get your ass kicked right off that cliff back down to where you were. Right. You just have to keep pushing. Like, you can't keep looking in the rear view. You can't see who's behind you to compare. You just got to do it. Yeah. Like we said, 85% of a creative career photography is just doing it. Yeah. Stop talking. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, you, just, you do it. Just do, and no. if it sucks, you just realize that you're going to keep going and that it will get better. Yeah. But at least that's a point that you've finished it. It's over. Yeah. Then you can move forward. Keep, it's being true to yourself. Just keep pushing out what you want to do. Yeah. It's hard though, not comparing yourself to others. Like that's another thing we talked about the past few days. Yeah. Like there's my, my Instagram sucks. <laughs> I like what? I don't, I don't know. But there's other people's Instagram. They have like, I don't know, 100,000 followers, but they're still in the same place. Corbin, what are you at now? Like 60,000 on Instagram? Uh, I think 45,000. 45, 40, I think. <laughs> checking my latest stats here. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I lost my thought. It, <laughs> sorry. Did that. But that's also like, it can be so much about where you live too for Instagram followings and things like that. Yeah, if I was in Russia and I was 15, I'd be huge right now. <laughs> if you were in LA, it would, it's like, <laughs> I think LA is the place to go if you want Instagram followers. Yeah, but not actual, you know, meals of food or yeah. monetary things. <laughs> yeah, so you're never going to get all those people to give you a dollar despite your best attempts. Yeah. They'll never all give you a dollar. <laughs> well, you know what? That, that Most up, of them will not give you a dollar. So that brings up uh, a good point for the next one. So uh, speaking of which, you know, you've definitely been one of the bigger success stories I've known um, with using crowdfunding for, for projects you've wanted to do. Uh, for 50 models, 50 states, you raised about what, $15,000 on Kickstarter for that? Yeah, I raised um, $16,500 $16, or something. My goal is 15000 Right, your goal was fifteen, and you and you did, you did, uh, fight, you overfunded it, you know, exceeded your goals. Um, you know, and it, and it was crazy because it was, you know, you were doing it with, you know, you essentially were giving your following something they genuinely wanted. You know, and and not many people can say that. Like like he was just saying, like a lot of times people have these followings because they give them the photos, right? You're posting stuff, you're posting the content they want to see, they're liking it, they're engaging it, and then you start asking them for money, and it gets weird. Yeah, <laughs> but Corwin managed to make it like, hey, you like chicks, you like landscapes, I will give you all of that in this really cool book I'm gonna make. Come on this journey with me, and uh, it 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 was awesome, you know, and. Um, I mean, many artists, they struggle just to find a following, let alone one that's so invested in your work. You know, I mean, does that affect how you work? Um, I mean, for that project, it wasn't, it was sort of, 
I didn't do that project because I thought people would like me making it. Right. I did that project because I'd been to 48 states and I wanted to go to two more. (laughs) And I was like, I will go to all 48 again and I'll go to those two more (laughs) and I'll make a book uh, for this amount of money. Right. And I'll, I'll put in all the work. I'll sleep in my car. I'll do all of that shit too. And be miserable because I, I, I love taking the photos and making the work. And I, there's so many hours of sitting in front of the computer and I hate that. And there's 40 hour drives and like the great American road trip is this thing that sounds awesome (laughs) and it's bullshit. (laughs) Like, um, it's something that I have wanted to do and I have certain goals and, um, like going to all 50 States was one of my goals. When I turned 21, I'd never even been out of my time zone. And so, when I turned 23, I decided I was going to do this project and it took a year and a half before I didn't just decide I'm going to go to all 50 States and then make a Kickstarter in the next day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I started doing the photography that I thought would let me get a following that would get me to all 50 States. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'd been footing, I'd done, I'd done that cross country trip at least nine, nine or 12 times before yeah. I even did that book. Yeah. No, he, All out of my own pocket, working yeah. a shitty job doing uh, data entry. So, Ooh, yeah, yeah. That, that hurts. He works for what? <laughs> HP, right? Yeah, I worked for Hewlett Packard for uh, like a year and a half and yeah. saved up all the money. And, um, but it was like, it's not really, um, when you do a project like that, it's, I sort of think of things, uh, I sort of think of things like I have a goal. What can I do to achieve that goal? And how can I make the work that I like doing get to that goal? And what sort of sacrifices am I going to have to make to do it? Right. And like, yeah, so I started doing my projects and I was working with lots of people and I was sort of known for traveling and living out of my car. And that's something that people find interesting. But since I don't talk very much on my social media about what it's actually like, right. Uh, Doing that project gave me the ability to give people insight into it and create the work and knock out those last two states that I really wanted to do. Right. And it was, I don't know, I sort of, you know, I don't plan things out an intense amount. This was just a. Well, like you said, you've done it 12 times to that point. So you had kind of a groove. I had an idea, but I had no idea how much it was actually going to cost. 12 times? And you didn't get those last two states in one of the 12 times? (laughs) Alaska and Hawaii. You have to, you can drive Uh, to Alaska, but you have to fly to Hawaii. Okay. And now now you feel dumb, don't you? And now you're like, oh yeah, it wasn't Iowa. It no. was that other well, one. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, I'd been. So I'd <laughs> I, been. I don't to, know. I don't know the yeah, travel no, routes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'd been to all the lower forty-eight, and I'd driven out of my way to go to North Dakota at least once before. <laughs> and are now you, I've been through it so many times; it's ridiculous. Yeah. But are you a fan of North Dakota? It, it's a nice state. It's it beats driving through like Kansas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not to shit on Kansas, but yeah, well, you know, if you've driven no. through Kansas, I never have. Kansas is. Dull. It's a long drive. <laughs> it's actually, I think the state, 
The state <laughs> emblem is a is a just a gray piece of construction paper. <laughs> that boring. probably yeah. It's like gray wash over like a Confederate flag yeah. or something. Right. Every state has its redeeming qualities. The right. drive is not Kansas's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can say honestly, and you've been to we talked about this. I've been to I went to Arizona for the first well, not the first time, but I've been there in a capacity to actually see things in the for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um and with Jess earlier this year. And just driving. Like it's the exact opposite of Kansas. We're just drive for me at least, just driving was beautiful. I mean, and I'm just going from like one town to another and it's just, everything is so picturesque. And I'm like, damn, this is what Corin always talks about. You know, like, it's, and then, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah I like, tell him, like, I'm used to driving on the garden state parkway, the turnpike, you know, yeah, like yeah. some, some parts are awful. It's, but I mean, knowing that you're seeing it and you're just experience, it's amazing. Like on tour, when I was on tour mm-hmm. for all those years, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, the first time you hit Utah, you're that's an, that's another thing that's really hard about landscapes though. Is like the first time you see a place like that, mm-hmm. you're like, I can't take a bad picture. <laughs> <laughs> these are all great. And then you look yeah. at them and you're like, Whoa, these are <laughs> these are garbage. I have no idea what I'm doing right. at all. Like I remember the first time I hit Utah, I was just like plateau, plateau, plateau. Right. I was like, I need to put on some penderecki and like blast intense classical music and right. <laughs> I'm looking around and then like now when I go through those photos from that trip in 2009, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> well, I, I will say this. We've talked about this with, uh, with, uh, Steven, right. Where it's like, you go to these same spots, right. Yeah. And you go there purposely more than once for mm-hmm. that challenge creatively as a photographer to go, okay, I've shot this spot maybe 30 times, right? Mm-hmm. How can I do it differently? Yeah. You know? Or and, or, or good. Better. Right. Or better. <laughs> or good for the first time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like, so I guess that's the next question is like, what, what's your creative process like? Because, you know, you, you plan these trips and you plan the route, you plan the money, the gas, and the else, you plan, you know I mean, where your wife's going to meet you, that kind of stuff. But do you ever like plan out what you're going to do when you actually get anywhere? Or you just figure, you know what, when I get there, it's going to present itself. Um, I mean, it's changed a lot since the first couple of trips I did. The first trip I did, I did with an Atlas and a Sony Ericsson uh, sliding phone. So, like, <laughs> yeah. the the way you do the trips are so much easier now that you have smartphones. And yeah. you can be like, I'm just going to reference my notes function on the phone. <laughs> right, right. And this is, like, the list of the 30, 40 places I've sort of picked out that I want to go to. Like, there's... The country still has rural parts, but mm-hmm. as far as the internet is concerned, nothing is rural and nothing is unknown. Like it's so <laughs> well documented right. that in order to find places that are hard to find, like you you do sort of have to drive up there and see what you can pull off and see. But aside from that, like I do a lot of just searching for locations on 500px or hmm. Instagram using yeah. hashtags or what kind of hashtags for location? <laughs> I guess just the actual like, location or well, you'll do like uh, this Northwest is the best. So, Cality Barbie. Yeah. PNW for life. Yeah. Or West Coast, Best Coast. I think that's what it actually is. I've seen that one quite a few times. So there's like these well known hashtags, and then you kind of just scroll through and you're like, that looks nice. And 
like most locations aren't secrets anymore. It's so easy to find. And then, so my strategy is to then go to those places when nobody else will be there. So Mm. like I oddly off tourist times. Yeah. I don't travel during the summer really at all. I'll just travel during late fall or winter or something like that. When like nobody else is not nobody else, but I've been like one of 10 people in Yellowstone national park at it on a day, you know? Wow. Like nobody else is camping there. Nobody else is willing to walk the three miles through six feet of snow, you know, but so I go and so anyone that, call you the bear grills of photography. <laughs> no, no. I used to uh, refer to him as a I'm mountain gonna, man. I'm going to throw myself into this bog. <laughs> now, um, this is making me want to just put my headphones down and get in my car. This, yeah. Yeah. Later guys. Yeah. So like, <laughs> Yeah, I go to a lot of places that um, are, it's maybe more dangerous to be there that time of year or right. it's raining, which like, that's the other thing. Like when I'm in a place and it's cloudy or raining and all the other people are like, oh, what a terrible day to be in Yosemite. <laughs> oh, it's awful. Yesterday was beautiful. It was so sunny. I'm just like, that's. Your pictures were shit yesterday. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Like <laughs> it's like the 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 ideal time of year to go see something as a tourist and a photographer is so different. Yeah. Yeah. That like when tourists see me with 6000 pounds of gear and it's gross out and I'm huddled under an umbrella and layers and layers of waterproof clothing and I have to have a rain jacket for my camera (laughs) and lenses like that's I'm making the best photos I'm gonna make yeah and so my it's it really works out it's easier for me to do my work when you're cursing yourself for being somewhere at a certain time you know what you're doing it right yeah exactly oh this fuck fuck this sucks yeah like when the wave comes in and almost sweeps you and your camera away yes. and you're only held on by like a rope you tied <laughs> to the tree behind you so that you don't fall into the ocean. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I'm taking the <laughs> photo. I, I, I normally yeah. am pretty excited. I might like wet myself <laughs> and I know I'm going to go back and sleep in my car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. I'd I'd rather be doing that and getting the good photo than seeing it on a sunny day where I'm also getting sunburn and (laughs) racking up skin cancer points for the years to come. (laughs) So I mean, there was that was definitely um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in the in the last few years, you've accompanied most of your photos with like a little excerpt of like literally what it took to get that photo. Yeah, Uh, and I've seen some ones that you've posted where. Um, and it, they may have been, they weren't on your Iceland trip, but, but it was, you know, just colder temperatures and locations Yeah, where, you know, you, you feel like, okay, my, my boots broke and got waterlogged and I fell down a, a you know, mountain and all this kind of crap happened. And you go, but look at the photo I took. Yeah, exactly. It was worth it. You know, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, we, we, we talk pretty regularly, you know, yeah. but when he's traveling, you know, he to me, he's always in these weird zones. Like I, I don't. So I literally, the only way I communicate with him is just like reading that kind of stuff. And you know, I, I, I said to myself, like, that's cool, that's awesome. Yeah, it goes, I can't wait it to- goes back to that. Like eighty five percent of whatever photo you want to take is just doing it, right? Like, yeah. yeah. You want that one photo? 
cool. You could talk about it for fucking days, weeks. That's all you're doing. Yeah. Until you actually get out there in you, the rain. No, you literally, you should have seen this yeah. guy bust my balls about this. <laughs> you should do this. Uh, I, I thought about it. For you. So fucking do it. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. No, no, no. Just do it. You should do it. Yeah, but there's so many people who do it really well. And yeah, that's great. They're not you. Just do it. And I was like, damn. Well, you know, he's, he's actually so right. a Mikey rep. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? You're you're absolutely right. You know? Yeah. Well, so so sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. But no, speaking no, don't cut me off. Let me say something. <laughs> Go ahead. It's just like for me, like, so I don't want to do almost everything that I do. Like I do. I'm like, I wanna go to Alaska and hike out to the Mendenhall Glacier and climb inside of it and hear it falling apart and all that. But, like, I don't want to do it. Like, I have a profound fear of death. Right. So, like, getting on the plane, everything is, like, I sort of see it all as this, like, roller coaster clicking up. Like, I'm really afraid of heights. And so when you're, like, clicking up it, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, oh, man, I really want to fucking get off this. <laughs> like, I really want to get off. I, I wish I could cancel everything. And I have that luxury. Right. I could plan one of these trips and be like, nah, fuck it. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. not going. Yeah. I'm I'm just not gonna do it. But I, I treat it all like this roller coaster. Well, this is gonna this doesn't actually the metaphor fails at I have regretted getting on roller coasters before, <laughs> but I have never regretted doing any of these trips. Right. You know. Right. I have been on a roller coaster where twenty minutes later when I'm puking in front of some little kid, <laughs> I'm like, shouldn't have done that. But none of I've never gotten back from one of these trips and been like, well, that was bullshit. Right. Like that was a waste of time. And it's like I see everything like that. Like right. this podcast, like if you've thought about doing it, like the worst thing that's going to happen is that you do these five episodes and are like, eh. you're not going to yeah. be like. Well, I had to go to Philadelphia for a day and talk to a couple of people I know, and I don't like them anyway, so <laughs> big pissed away a lot of time there. Could have spent my, let's say Friday. Uh, today's Friday, yeah. Could have spent my Friday at home playing Ghost Recon on my <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> Yeah, and you mean that's you know you make a good point. I mean, like we talked about, it was uh, for this better part of this year. I spent all my time looking for work, and you know it was just out of the fear of providing. You know, yeah, and it it, it you know what, and I can say honestly, if I didn't get any interviews, maybe I would have been better off. Honestly, because the worst part was going to interviews, getting said, okay, we, we want to bring you back, going on second, third interviews, and ultimately nothing. Yeah, the that dangling carrot. Right. That happened so many times that, you know, it was this, you know, roller coaster emotion. And I, and at the end of that time, I said, okay, I, I dedicated myself to this for this long. Um, what do I have to show for it? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I, nothing, literally yeah. nothing. You know, did, did I, did I make any, Money, because I wasn't shooting. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, I can't go travel and shoot. I might get that call back and have to come back for an interview. Yeah. And so it, it was. I was angry, you know. But at the same time, I, I made peace with it and said, all right, well, what are you gonna do about it? Are you pissed? You're gonna do something different. So this one, I said, okay, I'm gonna start shooting. I'm gonna write more. I'm gonna blog more. I'm gonna you know start this, and and you know that's been 
to me at least, the the most fulfilling part is feeling like, okay, I, I can I can say, I can look at something and say I did that. Yeah. Cool. Does it pay me? Is it pay my rent? Not necessarily, but at least I know I'm I'm going in a better direction. Mm-hmm. You know? You're building something. Right. I'm building something. And, you know, that to me was just that was it. You know, that's when I knew, okay, all right, keep doing it. Keep going. Yeah. You know, if something happens, something happens. That's life. You know, can't really tell. Just, just keep making progress with something and I'll be happy. It's part of that creative hunger. Like you need to satisfy it. Yeah. But it will never get satisfied. Mm. Yeah. But if you know you're doing it, you're on the right path. Yeah. And at least you're 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 somewhat feeding it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not completely stagnant and dormant. You're, you're never gonna get full and you can't let yourself ever feel that way. Right. You can end up chasing that carrot no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. of the first like I I would be such a better photographer if I hadn't looked back instead of forward, sort of, or had been even taught to look back where, you know, you, you can settle and not necessarily settling every, everybody, what everybody wants in life is so different that what works for somebody will not work for someone else. Right. And I had a lot of people tell me that you should do senior pictures. You should do weddings. These are the only things that will work for you. Models do not have money, blah, 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 blah. You will never make any money doing X. And so for the first year out of school, I tried to do senior pictures. Oh, my God. What was that like? (laughs) I've heard that same thing so much. But can you imagine him? No. Trying to cheer up <laughs> an awkward teenager well, was and like, making conversation about, so what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And, you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> it was it was word of mouth. I only got hired by people that knew me right. as a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were also like, yeah, I want weird senior pictures. Okay. Right. Yeah. And like I've done, I've like done a couple, like I still do most of my family senior pictures. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I have to do cousin senior pictures. There's right. no question. Right. When I when I was but fresh you, out of school, least... I had to charge for senior right. pictures. But <laughs> but now I'm like, all right, everybody gets free senior pictures. Right. Like that's I guess that's the benefit of being related to me. <laughs> but like so yeah, I tried to do that, and then I did weddings, and then I was hired and worked for yeah, we've shot two, weddings before. I yeah. worked for a company for a whole two weddings before they were like, this is not what we want. <laughs> and I was like, I was shooting weddings. Like I got into photo really because I was shooting bands because I was in a band and I had a digital camera that I could get a hold of. Which means you were the resident expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was all about like second cutter, second shutter, you know, <laughs> when it closes and the flash goes off. And mm-hmm. so I had all the crowd moving, throwing up the horns and <laughs> then the lead singer. And I was trying to shoot weddings that way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it'd be cool. <laughs> Bride and groom will be in this chaos of people dancing like madmen, but they'll be frozen. And that is apparently yeah. too much artistic liberty with a yeah. wedding. Yeah. And yeah. but like so many people told me, oh, this is what you have to do. And so when I decided not to do that, um, all of the advice that my senior my teachers had done who did senior pictures was like, don't do don't do fashion. Don't do this. And I right. was like, well, I guess I'll, I hate this right now. This isn't for me. So I'll do that. And so then I chased the magazine carrot, mm-hmm. which yeah, is like all done that. Uh, the most useless 
thing that you could possibly do <laughs> as a resident of Philadelphia. <laughs> like, we're not. We this. could do an entire episode on that. Oh, alone. yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. so you, you live in Philadelphia so much that, and one of the reasons I've stayed here is because I want this city to be bigger than, yeah, bigger yeah. than it is accepted that it is because yeah. it's one of the biggest cities in the country. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons I've stuck around. But currently, there is fuck all of opportunity if you want to do fashion here. Yeah. You have to go to New York. Yeah. You have to go to LA. There, right. There is not a magazine. There's no Vogue Philadelphia. <laughs> like, <laughs> the country's so big, but we still only get one Vogue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. How how is it that the United States has one vogue? Germany, France, Italy, Spain, China, Japan all get their own vogues. We we are bigger than at least four of those countries combined. <laughs> so like it sucks because you you have to leave Philadelphia to do that. And but it's something that I chased. But even getting published in those magazines, like when I was published in Zinc, yeah, I was like, this is huge. This will make me. Nobody in Philadelphia reads Zinc or gives a fuck about being published in Zinc. You yeah. can slap you can slap yep. your editorial in one of the largest fashion mags on your website and nobody will give a shit. Yeah. And so sorry, I'm like No, no, please. That's I'm that's swearing a lot. No, it's fine. But is, um we both feel the same way. We're just Yeah. But yeah, it hurts. I just it, like it when he talks. Yeah. It hurts being a creative <laughs> in Philly because the bar is low right, right now. And there's lots of talented people that live here and yeah. they leave. All of them leave. Right. Like when I, I moved to Chicago and when I moved back here, a lot of us moved into uh, the old Dara building. Right. And um, inevitably, anybody that got big enough was like, I guess I have to go to LA. Yeah. You have uh, that feeling where you got to kind of mosey yeah. on. You're yeah. like, this is, uh, this is the pinnacle it gets here. And like, there's actually not like a huge interaction between uh, those of us that are younger and established, and those of us that are older and who I don't like. I have no idea who shoots for Philadelphia Magazine. Right. I have a limited knowledge of what happens for Philadelphia Fashion Week. Right. But that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't like so part of us staying here and not fleeing like we've mm -hmm. thought about. Right. Many, many times right. has just been like, well, if we stay here, then that's one more creative person that's still yeah, working yeah. in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, it's, I, I yeah. It's such a challenge being in New York. We talked to uh, Jenna. Yeah, Jenna Adams. Adams. You know, Two days Jenna. Ago. Nope. nope. She, uh, she's the director of Reinhardt. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, we had a similar conversation about that whole, like the New York, Philadelphia kind of living in the shadow, living in yeah. its wing. We of. have little brother syndrome. Right. We're, yeah. we're New York, scrappy. We're fighters. Or even even if Underdog. we were much bigger and had been lifting for weeks, <laughs> New York would still beat us up because we have that impotent feeling <laughs> when standing next to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've been training in jujitsu for 40 years and you wrestled for a, a week in high school, but... <laughs> Uh, I guess you can kick my ass. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it is. And, I mean, yeah. What do you what do you guys think? Do you think it's maybe somewhat the responsibility of the younger creatives really being ambitious and pushing it to that point, really kind of establishing yeah. that bar? Yeah, because yeah. we need to it's do, doing that in tech. 
it's like right now it's starting at that point. It's like that integrity. Like yeah. I feel like there's, I don't know, maybe, maybe loyalty is more the yeah. right word. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, in a creative sense, I mean, we, we become a huge city in terms of uh, medical, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've been that way for is, we've been that way for so long, right? And then that's you got and you got tech, and that's coming up, and more bigger places are coming yeah. in here. But I mean, you, I look at it like, hey, look, it's cheap living. It's a great city that has a lot to offer. Yeah. Um. You, you know, you that's know why I, all the people I've interviewed. It's no coincidence. They're all friends of mine from Philadelphia because I love this city. Yeah, I feel. I feel know? like a lot of creatives they almost treat it like. Almost like a southern borough of New York. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't just say we're we're from Philadelphia. We're just we live here, but yeah. everything else they kind of associate with something alien to Philly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, it's like we don't have Campbell's Soup anymore. We don't have <laughs> most industry. Like it's it's a conundrum because it's a Rust Belt city. Two hours from New York with six million people living in it. Like <laughs> I've never heard anyone put it that way, but it's that's perfect. Like yeah. yeah. Like, uh, we could be Cleveland or you know, we could foster community. Like basically, New York is not a place where you can go and be a poor creative anymore. Yeah. You have to go there rich and creative. Yeah. Probably and live with thirty other people. <laughs> Or you, we have to build a community here. Like Manhattan didn't build itself. Like right. the, there were 40 people working in the Warhol factory, most of which have gone on and done amazing stuff. Yeah. You might not know their name, but I mean, like I've met people. I just shot the other month when I was in Denver with a guy that fucking was friends with Andy Warhol. Wow. And worked <laughs> cool. in the Warhol factory and has helped build Denver's creative scene. That's you awesome. Know? And he's just like, yeah, you just, you know, you need to get together and actually talk Do about shit. art. Yeah. You yeah. need to have conversations. And um so to, and I'm, I'm not to cut you off, but we uh we're getting towards the end and I want to get a couple more questions out. Oh yeah. And that kind of brings up another thing. So you've always been a big follower of personal projects, obviously, because those are things that you just like you said, you want to do and you do them. You know? Yeah. Um, what about collaborating with other, you know, fellow creatives? Have you ever? Because I, I mean, I'm trying to think. I I couldn't. I didn't know if you ever actually literally collaborated on something with another photographer or. I would say models is. I don't want to say a stretch. We all work with yeah. models, but you know I, what I mean, mean, I the the extent of my collaborating, like I I see avoiding stagnation in my projects as collaborating with a model. Um. I don't really work with other right. photographers. Like it's not in my wheelhouse. Um, I sort of I mean, tra- actually. No, well, I'm just saying this. You do travel with Stephen a lot. Yeah, and Stephen so, Klaus, and he, he's another. Yeah, I think that I think that it's almost more of a like when I was in school. One of the best parts about being in school, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I think was most important is that I'm very competitive. And so, like, it's hard to rest on your laurels when you're mm-hmm. traveling with somebody else that's right. learning and they take a better photo than you. Like, <laughs> it's very motivating right. to go out and take better photos. So in that sense, like, I wouldn't say that Stephen and I are collaborators. Right. We're just really good friends that Push both want to take the best photo. Right. Yeah. And, like, for I've, I also... 
I'm not so much that way now when I photograph models. Like I used to, when model mayhem was like the big thing, mm-hmm. I'd be really like into having someone use my photo as their profile photo or <laughs> mm-hmm. getting lots of comments. And I don't really care about that anymore. Like I want to be a person that has taken one of the best photos of anyone that I work with. Right. But I am, if I'm happy with the image now, I, I care less that's good. Whether or yeah. not the subject is, but like you said, thinks it, it it's takes their it's, best photo. It's, right. it's more of an understanding of what you want, and yeah. who you are, right. knowing who visually. you are as, a, as an individual, and especially as, as an artist. You know, that's, that's big, and yeah. it's something that takes people years to get to that point. Rightfully so, because you, like you said, you you've already described what you've done. You yeah. described all the things you tried, so you can say, okay, I've done this, I've done this. I found out what I liked, I found out what I didn't like, mm-hmm. and and that also just help. You know, Brent Foster that along. Yeah. Um, it goes back to that thing. You take a lot. Mr. Jarvis always says, yeah. you know, don't concentrate on being better, just be different. Yeah. And that's going to, that's going to, you know, house a lot of the kind of images you want to do. It's going to house who you are and right. how yeah. you, you know. So this is one thing. It kind of leads me to one thing. So one of your most worked with models is actually your wife, right? Yes. Nicole, Nicole Vaughn. Um, you know, how have you found continuously working with your significant other? Because I know for some people, like, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Well, so we sort of, we've been together for six years. And I would say that, like, two years ago, we finally figured out how we work well together, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it was, it was actually, and it still can be hard, like, right. if she's feeling self-conscious or if we're not gelling, like... Right you bring all of your relationship to that as well. <laughs> it's like, like, why am I getting yelled at about the dishes? It's more like, island. like she won't like my idea. Right. And whereas almost any other person I would work with, they would, would just eat do that it. Shit up. Yeah. They would just do it. <laughs> she'll be see. like, she'll be like, nah, I don't like it. <laughs> and then we, so we have to have like a conversation that's right. like, Trust me, the photo will be good. It'll be worth it. And it like, feels weird having that with your wife, right? Yeah, right. like so. But we make our best work together. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, have you ever um, released like a series of images or books on just of you and Nicole's work? Um, no, it's sort of see. It's one of those things where like you know when you're constantly trying to figure out the next thing you're gonna do. Right. You're like, what? What do I do next? Right. And then you're like, oh, right. Uh, I shoot my wife a lot in landscapes and crazy <laughs> places. Like, I could focus on that. Right. I've been doing that for five years. Never thought this should be its own thing. Right. Like, some, I feel like it's so common as a creative person to be very reluctant to pursue something you know you're good at. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this is my thing, but... Um, somebody else is doing that thing over there. Like I should go, I should go be better than them at that. That would be good. Right. right. And you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I could have spent the last six years photographing my wife in amazing locations, but instead I started doing that a year and a half ago. Right. Because I'm a dumbass. <laughs> like, and I can't see the thing that I'm building right in front of me. Right. And it's just like, I have a hard time focusing on any one thing. So I always, 
have to have a lot of different projects going right. on that yeah, when I'm burnt out on one, I can, can jump your, over can to another. Something else, right? But I feel but, like that kind of goes back to something we mentioned, I don't know, earlier in another um, episode. episode. It was like that kind of fear of completing something, always having something like there to be working on. Yeah. So I know I get that a lot. Yeah, like, it's once it's done, then you're like, shit, what now? Yeah. For at yeah. least a little bit. It's like, and what do I do now? And like, oh, sh- I hope people like this. Otherwise, there's a fucking waste of time. There's what was a, I doing? There's but, also this thing where you think you're going to finish something and you're so <laughs> wrong. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I the I had a series that I was shooting at the old apartment, mm-hmm. and the only reason it ended is because I moved. Like mm. yeah. things, things when they're done, they get very big periods at the end of them. You know, it's not just like if you think that you're gonna go and shoot fine art nudes and landscapes, and you're gonna be done with that series in two or three years, you're wrong because <laughs> you can keep doing it. Right. Like, unless an earthquake shakes the world apart and we all die, (laughs) I can go out and find a new landscape. Yeah. The world is much bigger than I have time. Yeah. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So, like, yeah, yeah, I definitely have been like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to finish this. And then I'm just like, no, I'm not. Like, (laughs) just shake it off. Like, you're going to figure something else out. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm doing a series now that's with really limited constraints. And I keep thinking that uh, I can't possibly have another good shoot doing this. Right. And then I stand on a chair and I'm like, oh, this <laughs> angle is awesome. Can't believe I haven't thought of standing on this chair before. Right. Like, new, my world has been opened up by raising myself up a foot and a half. Like, so. You know, you know, honestly, what the saddest part is that's such a simplified view, but it's perfect. Yeah, it is. You know? It is, and people don't think of those simple things a lot of time. They get lost in that whole complication. Right. We love to it's, overproduce it, everything we want to do. It's really easy to get overwhelmed and think everybody hates this. <laughs> Everybody's sick of this. <laughs> One person will be like, "Can you stop shooting with that wallpaper? It's dumb, and I'm tired of it." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh fuck, they're right. I hate everything. I hate." All of my work, it's all garbage. <laughs> I'm gonna tear the wallpaper down and I'm going to get a I've shot in that wallpaper too. Yeah. I know exactly what he means. I'm I'm going to get um a beauty dish and do that instead. And um <laughs> Alien B makes a ring light and so I'll use that too. Yeah. And I'm gonna start dragging the shutter. Yeah. Because everything needs to change. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna finish up here, but there's one question that that you know I, th- I think you've you've already kind of answered, but we'll ask I think anyway. we should finish this while we all stand on the chair. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, if you know, it's something I'm gonna start asking a lot of the creatives because it's it's a good gut check question. But if you couldn't share your work with anyone, uh, online or otherwise, uh, would you still shoot? Um, no. Yeah, because. For me, like, I love making the work. I love looking looking at the work. I make work that I want to hang in my house. You know, like, I see a photo, I'm like, yeah, I want to hang that. And so, like, decorate my house with my own work. But, like, 90% of the joy that I derive from my work is other people's joy in the work. Mm -hmm. And without that, like, 
I don't think I could deal with the level of narcissism it would take <laughs> to continue <laughs> producing work that nobody else sees. Right. Like, I've always... I didn't come from this from an artistic background, right. you know? Like I said, uh, it's not an art school. It's a technical school. All right. they taught me was how to use a camera. Right. <laughs> and how to develop film and how to print. And, right. like, you know, they laid the groundwork. Um, I came into it from music. Music played for a crowd of one would be so <laughs> fucking boring. <laughs> like, yeah, just uh, for yeah. yourself. No, yeah, I get it. And... I feel the same way about photos. It's meant to be shared. Right. Other, yeah. Otherwise, it's just that like well, old rich guy who has this long lost box of photographs yeah. he never shared with anybody. Well, in that's, that's like why, oh, new amazing photographer discovered at, discovered at yard sale. Oh, you Vivian, know? Vivian Meyer. Well, yeah. everybody. Like, oh, every, yeah. Every, every yeah. week they're like, this person took photos for 300 years, didn't realize they were a fine art master. Right. And it's because they weren't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody was just like, I'll curate this, make them look like God. You know, <laughs> I found 400,000 negatives. I can slap together a 120 image book out of this. Right. Right. They're dead. All the better for the yard <laughs> sale patron that discovered it. And like, I mean, that's like, that's also like, I'm sure it's like a huge fear is I'm going to die and then people will like me. It's like most painters, <laughs> because right? They're only, they're only popular with their I dead. think it's most working class artists where you're just like, well, now that uh, he hit, stands no chance to make any money off of this, uh, I'm rich. I'll take it all and I'll be more rich wow. based off of it. I have a very. That is no, but no, but <laughs> I never even thought of it like that until he just said that. And it just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's end on that note. All only, right. Only because you're know, already over there an There we hour. go. But uh, all right, so lastly, who is someone that you'd like to hear us talk to on the show? Oof. I know. Everyone finds it really heavy. Or just hard. Um, it's because we're all loners that hang out in our own apartments and don't <laughs> go out into the world. Um. I mean, there's all kinds of people that I find interesting that if you get big enough, you can talk to. <laughs> um, like, I'm just going to give you the list of people that I know very little about that I'd be interested in hearing more about. Okay. That yeah. work in the medium of photo. Okay, go. Um, well, all the, I'll say this. It don't have to be strictly photographers. It's We're interviewing all kinds of people. Any creative person. Yeah, but painters already have it easy enough. Okay, <laughs> go go ahead. Um, I mean, like, I would love to hear an interview with somebody that was at the end of their life looking back at the work that they've made and how they perceive their travel there, but not yeah. in a memoir that's self-masturbatory. <laughs> so I would say, like, Jan Sadek or something like that. Can you spell that? Uh, J-A-N space S-A-U-D-E-K. And that's because so little of the path to from where I am or mm -hmm. for where most of us are right. to the other side right. of 
sort of um, just being beaten up by life and learning the lessons and seeing what can be done right. is laid out unless you... I actually, I don't know about Jan Sadek, but most photographers that write memoirs, they come from New England and money and uh, how there's got to be a different way, right? right? right. Like <laughs> anybody else other than Jan? Um, I like I like Ryan McGinley maybe or something like that. Some, some somewhere because he's sort of in the middle. He's at like the highest point you could really think of somebody being at, and you right. might actually be able to get a hold of him. Okay. If you try, track, try real hard. Yeah. Cause he went to Parsons, I think where, okay. um, who's the photographer from New York that went there. Oh, that person. Um, I know him. Yeah. We, we could get him. <laughs> you could get him. I can't think of his name. Oh, see, I'm terrible with names. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Comes full circle. Um, yeah. he, well, fuck. I quit. Okay. <laughs> hey, dude. Hold on. It's been look. All right, you look it up. Yeah. All right. We got this. All right. We'll just look up uh, the blog that I know he posts on. <laughs> that works. <laughs> oh, it's been hacked. Okay, then. Uh, George Pitts. <laughs> George Pitts. Yeah. All right. He's cool. You could interview him. I think he would actually be an awesome person to talk to because. He's in New York. He teaches at Parsons, I believe. And uh, I think he used to work for Vibe and Time. Oh, uh, wow. He's accessible to yeah. us. Okay, cool. Like, he's one of Nicole's pen pals. So that's great. Dude, I, I, so I will be rightfully so. Yeah. Track down George. And then yeah. maybe you interview George. And then yeah. you interview Ryan McGinley. And he Still goes steps. on some, some art school rant that none of us have thought of because i don't think any of us went to art school one of us went to a technology institute but uh (laughs) no none of us went to art school yeah i mean tech school's weird man (laughs) i think that like so nicole went to RISD. yeah um by the way we should have nicole on i do not know how to talk about art or i don't i don't even know about art history like that's not something when i go into like the moma or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. I don't know who made that. <laughs> That's the importance. Like, of- unless it's Warhol or Jackson Pollock, I'm right. Uh, all hands in the air, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> yeah. So right. well, listen, Corwin. Thank you, dude. I mean, no and I mean that because, and I'm saying that for all kinds of reasons. You know, thanks for always being a good friend. Thanks for pushing me to do this. Thanks for agreeing to be on it. And uh, thanks for some great follow people that they want to reach out to. No problem. Hope it wasn't too bad. Nope. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, still standings. Uh, he hasn't run out. You know. Yeah. You I've just, been sitting the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Except right. he's on the chair yeah. right now. You can't yeah. see it. <laughs> well, Corwin, bullshit. thank you. And no uh, <laughs> you know, good seeing you. And uh, see you soon. All right. All right. All right. <laughs>